0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm not here with Zach Rizzuto today. Zach Rizzuto is a little under the weather, a little congested. He didn't want to bring all that to the podcast today, but I got Joe Volpe, if you're an OG, if you're an OG listener to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast, you know exactly who Joe Volpe is. Uh, He is the creator and founder of Fantasy Football Analyst over on instagram you got to go check out that page recently hit 100 000 followers clap 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 congratulations on that joe how you doing man
1: doing good doing good it feels like the uh glory days you know we would kind of jump on these things together but uh yeah, yeah you know you hit 100k before me i'm just trying to be like you that's it oh you're so sweet man yeah <laughs> and you
0: know what it, it is like the glory days dude we used to do this all the time and you know i'm glad that you know I'm not going to say I'm glad that Zach got sick, but, um, I'm you know, when he told me he wasn't feeling okay, I was just like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I got a guy. I got a guy who can come on and help me out over here. All right. So uh, glad you can make a man. Um, before, so in this episode, we are going to go over our, uh, we're going to go over some news. We're going to go over the game last night, Thursday night football, and then we're going to go over our, uh, my wide receiver rankings and my tight end rankings. And Joe's going to fight me on all of it. That's basically how we're going to do this. Um, couple pieces of news and joe just you know just remind me of anything if if i'm missing anything i just went over it a little bit but i think the most important thing that a lot of people are wondering about is josh allen right going into this weekend he he is scheduled to practice today uh no guarantee that he plays this weekend it sounds like they're still trying to figure out what you know what he's capable of you know with that elbow uh but it also could be some gamesmanship right like so the vikings keep preparing for josh allen for as long as possible even if they know that they're not going to play him um If Josh Allen doesn't play, like, I'm not downgrading Stefan Diggs by a whole lot, and I love Gabe Davis's matchup, too, even though, like, I don't have to play Gabe Davis, but I'm not opposed to starting him if he's one of your better, you know, better players.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've seen Case Keenum, like, keep two fantasy wide receivers at the same time in the past before he's done it in the past. Um, I, I think, was that with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken? Case Keenum
0: was the one who threw that miracle touchdown to Stefan Diggs. Remember that? Was that was that to make the playoffs? Or was that in the playoffs? I think that, that was, was in the playoffs. That was the divisional round game. I, I
1: think I got knocked off by the Eagles, if I am yeah. mistaken. Dude. So yeah, you got that connection going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's already got the connection with Stefan Diggs. Um, just to let's see, about like 10 minutes ago, Field Yates kind of put out a tweet that Josh Allen was not on the field during the open media portion seems like no practice. And he says, uh, case Keenum will likely start against the bills on Sunday.
0: So, Oh, there we go. Thank you, Joe. Joe. So there you go. It looks like it's going to be case Keenum time against the bills. Um, you know, according to a, a pretty reputable source right there, field Yates. So, um, So, yeah, so I'm not, you know, and we'll get into Stefan Diggs when we start, you know, talking about our wide receiver rankings. But, but yeah, you know, I have Gabe Davis also in my top 30, obviously lower in the top 30 this week because the matchup is just oh so, oh so sweet on that left side against Minnesota. We've been picking, picking against, you know, Minnesota all year long when it comes to wide receivers. Uh, But okay, it looks like Josh Allen might not play this week. So if you listen, man, Josh Allen did so much for you this 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 year. If he misses a game, it's all right. All right. Try to figure it out. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor, he practiced in full on Thursday. Uh, looks like he'll be good to go this week. I am ranked as an RB2. You know, he's not in my RB1 ranks. There's so many good running backs this year, you know, kind of like making their wa- way up into the top 10, top 12. Uh, but, you know, I'm firing him up, you know, as an RB2. You know, don't feel amazing about it. But, you know, the Patriots were a, a pretty tough matchup overall. For that, you know, for Sam Ellinger and that offense last week, I think against the Raiders, you know, it could be a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing, too, is that, you know, no Naheem Hines there. So his receiving upside does go up as, you know, as much as it can in an offense with Sam Ellinger. And I think what's also notable here, obviously, the Jeff Saturday news, um, him being the new interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts. But they also have a new offensive coordinator who has not called plays in the NFL. Um, so when you have a new coordinator on a team that's never called plays, you're going to resort to running the ball and getting the ball into the hands of your best players, which is Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. So I would not be surprised if they just kind of ride JT the entire game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get the RB two cause the touchdown upside and the big play upside just really isn't there on this offense, especially with the offensive line. Um, but I, I do think he's going to see a lot of touches.
0: Yeah, and you know, one thing I mentioned yesterday—I think it was on the podcast. Yeah, we were talking about the running backs on the podcast yesterday. I mentioned that you know Jeff Saturday being an offensive line guy, like hopefully, well, he's not an offensive line guy; he's an offensive line man, right? Yeah. Like he was actually a lineman, right? So like, you know, hopefully he understands that since they have a bad unit, that one way to overcome that is by using their running backs in the passing game, right? And that's 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 the hope. Right. Because we know how much targets, how much more targets are worth than carries, you know, when it comes to fantasy, especially in PPR leagues. Right. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, I'm, you know, everybody is looking, looking forward to a good Jonathan Taylor fantasy week. We haven't seen it since week one, you know, after week one, we're like, oh man, here we go. Jonathan Taylor, number one pick really worked out. Um, No, it hasn't. And that was against Houston. So, you know, it doesn't tell you a whole lot. Right. Right. Um, All right, moving on, J.D. McKissick, he didn't practice on Thursday. Why is that relevant? Because you can fire up Antonio Gibson as a, I would say, you know, mid to low end RB2 this week, you know, because he's going to have a three down role. You know, obviously he won't be the only guy on early downs. He has a guy, you know, uh, sharing that role with him, but he'll get all the passing down work. And, you know, we've seen, you know, Taylor Heineke kind of pepper him a little bit in the passing game, you know, very high targets per route run. I doubt McKissick practices today and, there's a possibility. I can see McKissick, you know, potentially landing on IR, you know, if, if that injury is relatively serious.
1: Especially in a season that kind of feels all but lost for the commanders. Um, especially if they lose on Monday or rather when they lose on Monday, um, at least I think. But yeah, Gibson's kind of been their guy. They, they wanted to make Brian Robinson a thing. They trying to force him the ball on the ground, but he just really kind of hasn't been okay. So, um, my suggestion would be, as they are continuing to do, just keep getting Antonio Gibson involved. They're trying to bench him, but ultimately it's not coming through. It's, it's, it's not been working for them.
0: I wouldn't count on Keenan Allen playing this week. He hasn't practiced yet. He's, he's not going to play. So keep him on your bench and keep hoping <laughs> when it comes to Keenan Allen. Uh, Darren Waller was placed on IR. So was Hunter Renfro. Uh, we kind of saw this coming for these guys. How are you
1: looking at Mac Hollins' rest of the season? Uh he should be rostered, right? Yeah, he should. And you know, this is a very inconsistent offense, not only in how many points they score and how fluent they are, but in who they use. One week Devontae Adams has one target. Another week he is just the like the only way they move the ball on offense. Josh Jacobs one week is getting 30 touches, Josh Jacobs next week is like not usable. So it's a very inconsistent offense, but in terms of just like a desperate flex and like a depth wide receiver, uh mac hollins could be your guy, especially an offense as you mentioned no longer has Darren Waller no longer has Hunter Renfro and with the season being lost, that could be a you know potentially season ending IR placement
0: yeah, for sure um especially for the fantasy season that could potentially it's it's over for them in their seasons. what a lost season for Hunter Renfro though huh like he yeah, had such a good season last year. And the guy who has been, you know, producing all these slot receivers in New England comes over. And like the the, the slot wide receiver who's destined for an even bigger breakout yep. can do anything this entire year. Unbelievable. DeAndre Swift hasn't practiced in full yet this week. It's hard for me to trust him, right? He can be efficient. You know, like he had five touches last week, still had 50 yards. Uh, but still, man, like I'm only starting him this week if I really need him. If I don't have any other like real options, like you know, I get the upside. I mean, I get like the fact that he can be efficient, but it, this is not good vibes. Only ten snaps last week.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I'm a little more hopeful on DeAndre Swift. I mean, as you mentioned, he turned five touches into eight points, right? Like, get four catches, four yards, whatever it ended up being. Um, but Jamal turned twenty four touches into ten points. So, and you look at the difference between the efficiency of Swift and the efficiency of Jamal, who's been a little inconsistent, as opposed to Swift, who, as we know, when he gets that full workload, he is that guy. The uh, Chicago also has a terrible defense, as well as Detroit. There's going to be points flying all over the field in this matchup, uh, and especially in the red zone is when they have been using Swift sparingly. So, I, I'm okay with firing up Swift this week. He's averaging 1.7 fantasy points per touch over the last few weeks, which is great. Um, so, yeah, again, he's going to be involved in the passing game. They did say – the team did say they want to get him a little more involved this week. We'll see how true that is. But um, it, it's it's tough to uh, kind of have your first-round pick on your bench. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it it really is, man. And, and he's been on that bench for a little while now. Um, but Thursday night football, let's talk about last night's game real quick uh, before we get into our wide receiver and tight end rankings. The Panthers – they surprisingly had full control of this game throughout, right? I personally didn't see this coming. You know, they were at home, so that, that I could see that. But the story of the game was Deontay Foreman. 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. There was no split on early downs between Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Raheem Blackshear ended up, you know, with more carries than Chuba. Uh, maybe because he's coming off the ankle injury, but he did have a couple of full practices right this week. Um But Chuba, you know, he was the passing down back, but there was literally no need for that in this game. They didn't have any two-minute situations or anything like that. Um, But then the Panthers only dropped back to pass the ball 19 times uh, with, I think, only 15 attempts or something like that. So, you know, looking at the next few games to see if the Panthers can be in, like, neutral game scripts at the very least for Foreman to continue to get work. Like, he couldn't get that done against Cincinnati last week, right? And he was taken off the field, played less than 50% of snaps. Uh, Next week they have Baltimore followed by Denver and then the uh, buy Baltimore might be a little bit of a tough test, but like, who knows? Like, you know, they don't have the weapons like will Lamar be able to just get it done and score and just kick their ass. And then, you know, th- they can't have Foreman on the field, you know, getting all that volume. I think Denver can definitely be a game where Foreman can get going, right? Cause they're not good against the run and their offense sucks. So he can definitely, you know, that game can stay close or they can go up potentially, I don't know if they go up, but at least the game can stay close and he can continue to rack up carries. So, you know, I was talking about selling, you know, Deontay Foreman, you know, uh, bef- before last week. Uh, and, you know, now looking forward, are you looking to keep Deontay Foreman for the rest of the year, you know, as a potential RB2? Or are you looking to package him up and try to upgrade?
1: You know, it's always going to be dependent on what everybody else is kind of willing to offer for him because I tried to sell Deontay Foreman And, you know, he was looked at by a lot of people in my leagues of just like, and, you know, like he had a good week. Um, I don't think he's really legit. How how about now, though?
0: How about now? Like three out of four games, right, Uh, with some big fantasy weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, now that that, that's what I'm saying, too, of like now it's going to be a lot easier to kind of add him to those trades and say like, hey, I'll package him with a guy like Jacoby Myers. Give me like a player I can start every single week. Like that's something you can – should easily be able to do after this week. But – um. Yeah, rest of the season, I don't know. Because P.J. Walker one week looks great. P.J. Walker next week looks off. And yeah. that could easily happen multiple times um, during the rest of the season. And they don't play Atlanta anymore, which, again, was like that golden game for Foreman when he had two of those pop-off games. Uh, and those games are over. So I would lean more towards selling, package him with a good enough wide receiver or another running back if you can, upgrade to a guy who you feel comfortable starting every single week. And that, that would be my suggestion, at least.
0: Yeah, and – um. You know maybe you get a running back who doesn't have who already passes by, also, yeah. right? Because he has that by coming up in two weeks and you can get an extra game out of it, right? That, that could that could be an option, uh, something to think about. Um, so let's see, uh, and then you know, just if you want to, if you're if you're wondering what his uh playoff schedule is like, or at least after the bye, so it's week 10, week 11, week 12, week 13, Seattle that's a little bit of a tough one, right? Seattle can go up in that game, right? Followed by Pittsburgh, and eh. Detroit, and eh. Tampa, New Orleans, there might be a handful of games where Carolina can stay in it. But, you know, there are some games where he can rack up value, rack up some volume, some games he can't. So if you want a little bit more of a stable running back, you might want to, you know, look elsewhere, someone who's maybe more involved in the pass game. Uh, Let's see. The running back rotation for the Falcons last night, dude. (laughs) What a mess. Cordell Patterson, five carries. Tyler Algier, eight carries. Caleb Huntley, five carries. Avery Williams, four carries. Like, what the hell was going on there? Maybe it was a short week. Trying to keep guys fresh? I don't know, man. Like, But it seems to me like you're just not letting anyone get in the, into any sort of rhythm.
1: Yeah, and I, I think what's really interesting, too, is they had Patterson on kick returns. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's not something he's done all season because of the fact of how involved he is as the runner. Um, he, he did say – I think he is one away from the record as far as kick returns. So yeah. I'm sure that plays a part. It um, does, yeah. But it would be interesting to see going forward if Patterson kind of becomes – A committee running back seems like Algier kind of gets the nod on the ground. Um, Man, it's it's messy. It really defined the rotation when they had that last drive to try to win, and the running back in was Avery Williams. Yeah, I'm just like, you haven't used this guy all game, and now on the most important drive of the game, he's like starting running back. Like, I don't.
0: I don't, I don't get understand. it. I mean we we've seen Patterson, you know, had those big runs this year, like even last game, like he wasn't hundred yeah. percent. He had that big run and Tyler mm-hmm. Algier also had that big run. Like, what what are you doing with Avery Williams on the field? Like it didn't make any sense. And then Algier and Avery Williams split two minute snaps down the middle. You know, and and they you know, it was like Algier in the first half and then Avery Williams when you're trying to win the win the game. I I, I don't get it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Terrace Marshall, he led the Panthers receivers on one catch <laughs> for 43 yards. Uh, the passing offense is brutal right now in Carolina. Um, but, you know, they didn't really need to pass in this game. You know, so what are you going to do? DJ Moore, six targets. It accounted for 38% target share. Take that for what you want. Uh, we had a LaVisca Chanel sighting. You know, and by the way, he is now playing ahead of Shy Smith, something worth noting. Um, he had a handful of touches, both in the run and pass game. So, you know, another guy who this coaching staff might be able to unleash a bit, right? Maybe his dynasty value can revive, you know, at some point. Right. Um, but the fact that, you know, they were able to revive Terrence Marshall a little bit, they made a trade for LaVisca with the old coaching staff, but maybe this new coaching staff will actually play him and figure out how to use him. Maybe, maybe.
1: Yeah, and that's the hope. I got uh, LaVisca rotting on some of my dynasty benches right now. So <laughs> that'd be really nice to see him start getting involved. Um, he did also have, I think it was like a drop or two um, a- on a screen. He had a really bad drop in the later half of the game. So, you know, you win one, you lose one. But uh, ultimately, I mean, Terrace Marshall, again, like you said, great to see him getting involved. DJ Moore actually left the game uh, to be checked for a concussion at some point as well. And then he was let back into the game later on. So, uh, kind of speaks to 38% target share, potentially being even higher if he did stay on the field for the entire game.
0: A little piece of news coming in. Uh, Jerry Jones, the boss, the boss, is expecting Ezekiel Elliott to play. Uh, Jerry Jones will let the coaching staff know exactly how many touches to give Zeke Elliott. And uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, it's funny, man. Like, you know, uh, one thing we talked about, you know, with Zach, you know, over the past week or so is that, you know, Tony Pollard, he's not the every down back handcuff. We thought he was right. Like he didn't, he played less than 50% of snaps last week without Zeke. And that was really disappointing. You know, he obviously got it done, right. Three touchdowns, right. Two weeks ago before the bye. Uh, But it was a little disappointing that he wasn't an every down back. And yeah, sure. You know, he got it done, but like, this is not the same guy we thought he was with Zeke out.
1: Yeah. And I think what's, what's good about that though. Um, you know, not that it's good that he played less than 50% of the snaps, but he is getting the key opportunities in the offense. So like, as opposed to being in the red zone, it would be Zeke. It's, Tony Pollard and my confidence in Pollard in those situations, playing 50% of the snaps, as opposed to Zeke in those situations, playing 70 or 60% of those snaps. Like I'm taking Pollard all day, even for if sure, it's
0: 50%. 100%. And that that's that's one of the key differentiators there, right? Is that he's the goal line back when Zeke is out, and when Zeke is in, Zeke is the first crack at it. Um, but yeah, if you're comparing those two guys, for sure, you know Pollard, you know is definitely you know who you would prefer just because he's going to be more efficient you know the big play opportunity and all that but you know he was a guy that you know you thought that all right cool like if Zeke goes down I have a top five running back but even though he produced like one last two weeks ago it doesn't it doesn't look like he's going to be that guy unfortunately
1: it's only a kick (laughs) a jump a block (laughs) it's only a serve
0: (laughs) it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans.
1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch,
1: and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do?
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's move on to to our wide receiver rankings now. I have Tyreek Hill at number one against Cleveland. Uh, He's played nine games this year. He has over 140 receiving yards in five of them. Uh, 140, guys. 140. Uh, He's averaging 23 PPR fantasy points per game despite scoring only three touchdowns this year. It's crazy to say, but those touchdowns are coming. He's due for a regression, a positive regression. And he's scored 23 fantasy points a game. Are you kidding me?
1: My goodness, man. (laughs) that's like my least i think that's my least favorite saying positive regression oh my god i hear it on twitter all the time and it's like people hate it
0: people hate it i love (laughs) saying it because everyone hates it so much it's like (laughs) hey man i don't care some people are like hey why don't you say progression and i'm and i just tell them it's it's not the same thing it's not the same thing those are two different (laughs) things it's so true get out of here um i I got justin (laughs) jefferson at number two here against buffalo followed by jalen waddle followed by AJ brown at four And then I have Stephon, Diggs, and Cooper Cup. And I normally have Diggs and Cup in the top three. But this week, I like Waddle's upside and A.J. Brown's upside more, just given the fact that Diggs and Cup are both likely going to be without their quarterbacks, right? Uh, You know, still top six plays at wide receiver for me, but Jefferson, Waddle, A.J. Brown, and the latter two especially, Waddle and A.J. Brown, they have pretty solid matchups this week. And I, I, I just prefer them by a hair. Over those two guys without their quarterbacks,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through this. First of all, very pretty, very the oh, wrong way. this. Is gorgeous, like, setup. Like, yeah, hey, this, really this is cool all way. Zach right here, man. All Zach. Oh man. I should have took credit like say I'm Zach this week, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, d- do you change your rankings at all with Case Keenum? Do you keep Stefan Diggs at five, or you made that? Yeah, no, this, that is,
0: this is this is these rankings are with Case Keenum. In the lineup. So, like, I normally like if, if let's say Josh Allen was playing this week against Minnesota, I would probably have Stefan Diggs at number one. Yeah. <laughs> Overall this week. But yeah, I do have him at five. Are you are you not as high on him as I am?
1: No, I I, I like Stefan Diggs, especially I think this is his first game against Minnesota. revenge um, game. Revenge game, right?
0: Against the team that did not use him to his potential,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of extra motivation in this game. And as you mentioned, this Minnesota secondary is definitely not good. So no matter who the quarterback is at this point, I'm fine with throwing on Diggs as the top five wide receiver this week. Uh, A.J. Brown, you mentioned against Washington. I mean, they have the worst, uh, quite possibly the worst secondary um, in the entire league. And they lost William Jackson, who, again, was like a really bad part of that secondary as well. So A.J. Brown, definitely a guy yeah, you can fire yeah. up. He's down for a big game. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Where do you have Tua ranked this week? I mean, for these guys to both be in the top three, we've seen it happen before multiple times with both these guys. But where do you have Tua ranked? I have Tua
0: ranked at like like eight or something like that. Like yeah. I, I I don't necessarily correlate, you know, the the quarterback play because Tyreek Hill just hasn't been scoring those touchdowns. Yeah. Right. So like. Hill has been getting it done. Top two, top three wide receiver, you know, uh, on a points per game basis, uh, you know, and that's without touchdowns. So, like, you know, Tyree. I mean, Tua's really going to get the points when he scores touchdowns, not really on those passing yards. Yeah. um You know, so if if Tyree Hill was a touchdown scoring machine, then yeah, I feel like Tua, you know, would have to be with these these two guys in the top three. You know, you kind of have to have Tua, you know, in the top five, right? But um, but I have Tua pretty high this week. The only thing is that. Uh, You know, wide receivers have done well against Cleveland uh, for PPR fantasy points, but quarterbacks have struggled against Cleveland. They've held some quarterbacks. Yeah, man. These some of these a lot of these quarterbacks, decent quarterbacks haven't had good games. Like they, they 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 limited Lamar Jackson. They limited a bunch of guys. So, you know, I'm tempering expectation on Tua and him like actually throwing touchdowns this week
1: yeah no I, I like the rest of the look of this especially justin jefferson kind of being up there he bounced back a little bit to see how involved tj Hawkinson was and to yeah. see kind of like what he offered to this offense i don't think it's going to be a one piece offense anymore where it's just like justin jefferson or maybe adam thielen you know Irv smith kind of doing his thing whatever obviously dalvin cook's always a threat but to have another legitimate receiving threat next to him is going to open things up in the red zone for him as he scored last week so first time yeah. since week one
0: Hundred percent. He was he he had a, he had that regression coming as well. He didn't score since week one. He finally scored. I was calling. We were talking about it before last week. I'm like, he's getting four touchdowns this week because you know after seeing AJ Brown, right? You know, it happened to Joe Mixon, right? It ended up yeah. happening to Joe Mixon, not Justin Jefferson, but uh, somebody to keep an eye on because there's some touchdowns owed his way as well. Um, I have Devonte Adams at seven against Indy. Uh, hopefully, he gets targeted the way he was targeted last week. Yeah, uh, he had all his production in the first half of of last week, and then Derek Carr just turned into a pumpkin, and they couldn't do anything in that second half. Um, the matchup is okay against Indy. I'm not I'm too worried about it. I mean, like, Indy has limited wide receivers for the most part this year, but they haven't gone uh, they haven't really gone up against like really really good wide receivers like Devonte yeah. Adams. So, not really too worried about it. DeAndre Hopkins at number eight, I really like his matchup this week. Um, Jalen Ramsey likely won't be shadowing him. He hasn't shadowed this year. The last time these two went up against each other, he didn't shadow him. He only played against him on a handful of snaps. So, you know, he should have most of his routes away from Ramsey covering him. And on that left side, where Hopkins runs his routes from, the Rams have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, and we know that Cliff Kingsbury does not move his wide receivers around uh, when he ha- once he has it set. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I think I think Hopkins has a little bit of a, a little bit of an advantage this week
1: against the Rams. Yeah. I agree. I, I I do like Hopkins in this matchup. A lot of people might shy away because of the Jalen Ramsey matchup. Obviously, we saw Jalen Ramsey did week one against Stefan Diggs, right? And that's kind of he, – he's been better since then, but uh, he got burned a ton by Diggs in that first game. So I think Hopkins definitely kind of has that upside. He's been getting a ton of targets as well. Uh, Rondell Moore doing his job in the middle of the field. Definitely has been helping him. And Marquise Brown coming back should help him even more. So, yeah, I like the spot where you have Hopkins. I would put Adams in front of him, especially now, as we mentioned, Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro out. If they really don't pass the Devontae Adams at this point, then I think they need to – <laughs> I know the trade deadline passed, but they need to, like, figure out a way to trade him off the team because if you're not going to use him at this or, point or, –
0: or, or, or back to Green Bay.
1: Or back to Green Bay. Like, he, he failed his physical. I don't know. He's, like, seven, eight, 10 weeks in. <laughs> Right, but just if we, f- give him we forgot to, him to do his back.
0: physical, we, we forgot, forgot to, to do it.
1: it. <laughs> I think he'd probably be in favor of that as well, but <laughs> but yeah, I like where uh, you have these two guys ranked.
0: I have Amara Ross St. Brown at number nine against Chicago. Uh the line for this game is set at forty eight and a half. You mentioned it, right? Like this game is gonna be pretty high scoring. Uh so you know, two bad defenses. I like that high target share that Amon Ra has been getting over 40% target share last week in a positive game script for the Lions. That's not going to happen that often to them. Um, I I expect that to turn into double digit targets this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 12 or 13 targets this week against the Bears.
1: Yeah. And he's kind of been without that big, like 30 points per game that he's had, uh, or at least what we're used to having with Amon Ra St. Brown. I mean, going to this season, especially in the early parts of the season, he was like a, 10-15 10-15 like target kind of guy like over 100 yards touchdown like we just haven't seen that in a while and I think it's part of the reason that offense is stagnant in the first three or four weeks the Lions were averaging 35 points per game and it's kind of fallen off a cliff since that point as far as being able to score those kind of points so uh, against the Bears you know a team that lost Roquan Smith that traded away uh, Ro- uh, Robert Quinn and clearly has nothing going on on the defensive side anymore. Uh, very much a matchup that amon Rock can exploit. Are you buying Alman Rock like I am everywhere? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying him everywhere. And again, like I really want to see what this offense looks like when Jameson Williams gets onto the field and th- theoretically should be happening this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that stays true considering their record and they might just say like, all right, you know, let's not force him out there, have him re-injured and then not have him for the following year. So I, I do want to see how – good this offense can be when you have an established deep threat or you know hopefully to be established deep threat like Jameson Williams. But yeah, going forward I do like a Monron Say Brown, especially with Hawkins and gone.
0: Mike Evans at 10 against Seattle. Not the best matchup in the world, uh mm-hmm. but they have they have let up a little bit on that left side where Mike Evans runs most of his routes from there they over the last four weeks they've given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So You know Evans has a shot to come through for you this week uh, after seeing double-digit targets each of the last three weeks. So he can potentially come through this week.
1: Yeah, and I think it's encouraging as well that he's still getting the targets after a lot of dropped, uh, long touchdown passes. (laughs) If you've seen any of the Tampa games recently, I'm sure Brady's not been happy about that. But the targets are still coming, so definitely a very startable matchup for Evans.
0: Tyler Lockett at 11 against Tampa. Uh, I really like Lockett this week. He he runs all of his routes from the right side and the slot. And Tampa has been terrible against wide receivers from those two particular spots. I do like his matchup a lot better than Metcalf's this week, who I have at 14 here. Just a few spots below. Let me ask you a question. Rest of the season, who would you rather have, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf?
1: I'm still taking DK Metcalf because I, I feel like as he gets healthier and he's still got that upside of like, he can take any score for a touchdown. Um, I don't know if you saw our, our good friend Akash. Made a tweet. <laughs> I did see
0: that. I, I knew, I knew you, know you were
1: exactly. going
0: to, I knew you were going yep. Yep. <laughs> to bring up. Go ahead Please play it. Button.
1: Yeah. He hits the A button on every catch you get, which if you play Madden, I guess on Xbox, the A button is uh, it's like a possession catch. So the receiver will like catch it and like go down or just like, you know, overcompensate to make sure they catch the ball and do nothing after the catch. That's kind of who Tyler Lockett has been. there was a nice little clip. I think it got reposted on like Sports Center or something. But um there's a lot of different clips of like Tyler Lockett catching it and just going down when there's no one around him and just like catching it going left and right and then just like going to the ground. So uh he's allergic to yak is what we're getting at here. And TJ Metcalf drinks yak for breakfast. So um ooh. Ooh. I like it. that ooh. yak juice. The yak yak, juice. Yeah, that sounds not great but um <laughs> you know,
0: uh, I, you, you, <laughs> but you, you know what i thought of when i when i when i yak juice what i i'm gonna keep saying it because it sounds funny uh, th- uh what what i keep thinking about is the grinch like the cartoon grinch like he has mm. like all these different like he has like yeah. the the, the moose juice and like the whatever all this stuff like i feel like that's part of that you know what his what the grinch eats and drinks and all anyway mo- <laughs> listen i got kids you know, we're past Halloween. They're already watching Chris's movies. Oh all right? So it, it is what it is. <laughs> all right. I, I, have, I have Chris Olave at 12, and I moved him up a bit because I really yeah. like his matchup this week against Pittsburgh. Um, Olave runs 75% of his routes on the right perimeter and the slot, and those are two spots the Saints have been terrible defending all season and over the past several weeks. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points out of the slot and the most fantasy points to the right perimeter. So I love him this week. And our our partner, Preciser, also has his anytime touchdown percentage at the highest of any player in this game at 36.3% chance of scoring. That's even a little bit over Alvin Kamara. So there's a good chance that he ends up scoring in this game. I like Chris Olave. Let me ask you a question. Is Chris Olave the best receiver that you've seen in terms of rookies this season?
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because we haven't really got to see too much of the other rookies. Uh, Traylon Burks, as we know, has been hurt. Drake London is kind of trapped in purgatory in this Falcons offense. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think he's. Kind of in the second place here as far as being on the Jets and kind of, especially recently after Brees Hall went down, getting a lot more involved in the offense. But yeah, Olave from the get go has been like the guy as far as rookies go. And he's been killing it in that role. You know, I'm what's, so you know
0: what's funny? You know what's funny about this? Like, what? it's possible that the guys who are the least productive out of the three guys you mentioned, the, the best wide receivers might be the least producing ones. Like, it's very possible. Like, I could totally see, um, you know, uh, Drake London being the best receiver out of this bunch. Right. Cause he's doing a lot with very little, um, you know, especially early on in the year, like yeah. he looks like a legit receiver. Um, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to reading, uh, you know, Matt Harmon's. I think he just put out his rookie midseason rookie report. Really? Um, yeah, he just put it out. I think yesterday. So go check that out, guys. Uh, and you can also listen to the podcast, too. Reception Perception podcast, also here. Uh, you know, with our partners at Odyssey, but you could check out uh, that at dot com. I, I highly recommend it because that will really give you some insight in terms of like how are these rookies actually playing on a per route basis, and are they are they do they have a chance of becoming elite. Uh, wide receivers in this league. So, so so definitely go check that out. Um yeah. but yeah, no it's interesting, man. Like I I I think, you know, neither Garrett Wilson or or um actually even Chris Olave. Like Garrett Wilson didn't really get his shot, right? Because they he plays in a run heavy offense with Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Obviously, Drake London hasn't really got his shot for obvious reasons, right? Quarterback issues. The coach doesn't want to throw him the ball. They don't want to, they only want to run the ball no matter what in any kind any type of game script. And even Chris Olave to an extent, right? Like he's playing with Andy Dalton, right? Like Andy Dalton has been holding it down. But you know, imagine if Jameis Winston was a quarterback right now. Yeah. Like, he might he might be making some mistakes potentially. But Chris Olave might already have a thousand yards by this point. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he he's a gunslinger, and the amount of air yards that Chris Olave was getting with Jameis Winston was that was going to turn this into some serious production. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to C.D. Lamb at number thirteen against Green Bay. Uh, I have D.K. Metcalf at fourteen, like I mentioned. Amari Cooper at fifteen against Miami. Christian Kirk at sixteen. I really like Christian Kirk again this week. I loved him last week. He came through. I love him again this week against Kansas City. You got to think this game script is, you know, in Jacksonville's favor, you know, probably down early, right? Jacksonville's passing game, at least. Uh, Trevor Lawrence Lawrence is going to have the slinger. The Chiefs are giving up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. This is another plus week for Kirk. You know, Kirk had that strong opening to the season, had a little bit of a lull, and now it's kind of popping back up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's good to see, too, because it looked like they were kind of pivoting more towards Evan Ingram and kind of like say Jones, even at some points. Um, but the, the, when the offense is at its best, Christian Kirk is getting a high uh, workload there. So it, it's I, again, big matchup for the Jaguars. And a lot of times what we see is uh, from the Chiefs' side, I mean, teams are scoring a lot of points against the chiefs. Now they have a little bit of a healthier secondary. I believe they're, um, who is it? Their corner, who just came back. Uh, he's one of their best corners. He just came back from injury not so long ago. Uh, what's the name of that guy? Not Sneed. Fenton? No. It's in there somewhere. It's in my brain somewhere.
0: Joe, I wasn't paying attention to just now.
1: Yeah, I know. I figured
0: I wasn't paying attention to because I have my kids home from school. Uh, sure. You know, it's it's Veterans Day, right? You know, uh, salute to all the veterans out there. But uh, that means that the kids are home. And I am trying to record a podcast here. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it ain't working out, you know. So, like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, like, tell my wife to leave him outside, you know, (laughs) as our producer suggested. I think that's a good idea to leave him outside so the podcast is over, you know, give him a jacket, and hopefully they'll be fine. But anyway, go ahead. I'm so sorry.
1: No, you're good. I, I just, you know, <laughs> kind of emphasizing the point of these Jacksonville receivers are in a really good spot this week. Uh, those receivers being Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and uh, Travis Etienne, of course, being the receivers for the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like all these guys to have a pretty decent week. Trevor we'll Lawrence. see though.
0: We'll see yeah. if ETN gets more involved in the passing game. Yeah, right. Like he hasn't get he like we have we haven't seen that connection rekindled right between Trevor Lawrence and ETN. You know from their days uh, at Clemson. You know, hopefully we start to see that. I can see that happening this week. You know, with the Chiefs. You know, with the Chiefs going ahead in this game, and on top of that, the Chiefs are allowing the most receptions to running backs you know, in the NFL. So yeah. maybe ETN starts to get that going this week. He, he was seeing like, you know, five targets, you know, he, he saw a couple five target games, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, so that could definitely happen again. Uh, I have, let's see, who's next? I have Juju at 17. I had DJ Moore at 18. Uh, that didn't work out so well. Uh, Chris Godwin at 19, Josh Palmer at 20 against San Francisco. Uh, by the way, Palmer had a 24% target share from Justin Herbert last week. Uh, he lined up all over the place, you know, from the slot, left, right, pretty evenly. so uh, he's gonna find his spots against his defense. Uh, you know, I'm actually expecting the chargers you know to be down in this game uh, and Vegas agrees the 49ers are favored by a touchdown in this one wow. at home.
1: Wow, that's pretty significant. and pa- Palmer was good to see last week he got that uh, target share. It just seemed like he was dropping a couple passes. The efficiency wasn't totally there. Uh, But still, that was like their best way to move the ball between him and Eckler. Uh, Gerald Everett also had some passes. I saw a whole compilation of just Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert trying to make plays and his receivers just not coming
0: through (laughs) yeah you know honestly like he's not a really good receiver like at the end of the day like palmer like he's a good receiver but he's not great and you know he he's being called upon to do a job that he's not he's not an alpha receiver or anything like that uh but you know he's being targeted and you know it is what it is like you know i do like deandre carter a little bit this week as like a desperate flex play uh because you know the the 49ers have actually been the worst against slot wide receivers over the last four and eight weeks so he's someone that, you know, if you're desperate in a PPR league, go ahead. Go for it.
1: I have a league where I have uh, DeAndre Carter starting because I also have kick return and punt return points in that league as well. And as far as I know, he does both of those things. So DeAndre Carter for me is actually a weekly start in this kind of situation where I have kick return and punt return points.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I, I hate those kind of leagues. Like I cannot, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot. I remember when, you know, so we're in a league together. And actually, me, you, Zach, a bunch of us are in the league together, right? And um, in that league, I remember when we were making the rules. It our first league, first year doing this league, and we were trying to come up with the rules and all that. And I was like, all right, listen, standard rules. BPR <laughs> league, super flex, an extra flex, extra wide receiver spot, and that's it. <laughs> and everything else, that, no kickers, no defense, right? That's 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 our format. And um, you were the only one who was just like, wait, no kick, no kick return yards? No pump return yards? <laughs> What's up? How about IDP? Can you put IDP in there? You know, and, and I get it. You know, it makes it more fun. I understand for people who like that shit. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're we're a bunch of we're a bunch of uh, basic bitches in our league, <laughs> so we just we just decided to keep it pretty simple. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, alan Lazard, I have him here at twenty one. Without Romeo Dubs there, you know, you have to assume Lazard keeps getting it done. You know, you know, you look at his what he's been doing this season. Lazard's been getting it done, man. Like, every single week, like, every single week he plays, double-digit fantasy points. He's averaging, like, 14 fantasy points a game, PPR fantasy points per game. So, not bad. Solid wide receiver, too. Um, Debo at 22 here. You think Debo takes a hit with yet another weapon? Christian McCaffrey, like, joining this receiving core?
1: Yeah, so I I mentioned um, on a video, I think, last week, but Debo is the wide back, and Christian McCaffrey is the running receiver. So, these guys complement each other so well to the point where they're both kind of the same role and christian McCaffrey is more so guaranteed those touches so it it sucks it kind of sucks for debo it's like i can't think of another running back that would have affected debo more than a guy like christian McCaffrey. right Uh, so it's unfortunately we're going to see his production kind of dip off he is still a giant play waiting to happen um and you know, so any Which kind of. Which is why it's always pass.
0: hard to keep him out of your lineup, right? You got to have him in your lineup, period. And, you know, me ranking Lazard over Debo is like, really? You know, but <laughs> yeah, like I just expect him to get the targets.
1: Yeah. And, you know, yeah. before, like, I, I mentioned this in the offseason too, of like before last season, there was a legitimate question of who the wide receiver one for the San Francisco offense would be, whether yep. it was going to be Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. And now we're at the point where Brandon Ayuk has more established himself as like the go-to receiver and Debo's kind of this utility gadget, do-it-all kind of guy. And yeah. now that Christian McCaffrey can kind of take a little bit off that plate, is Debo like – is he established enough to kind of be the number one wide receiver for this team or are we going to see Brandon Ayuk kind of keep that role?
0: Yeah, and my and my feeling is that in most games, unless the 49ers go down in games, it's going to be pretty distributed. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what I'm expecting it to be, be t- distributed between Debo – uh Ayuk, kittle and christian mccaffrey but christian mccaffrey it's like if mccaffrey gets five or six catches you're relatively happy you know what i'm yep. saying but y- you're not necessarily happy if that's Debo. you know you kind of want him to do a little bit more than that but you know it is what it is at 23 here i have terry mclaurin who will likely be shadowed by darius slade not the best matchup in the world but not one unnecessarily benching him for taylor yep. heineke has still been supplying him at a 20% target share over the last three weeks. So solid target share. You know, I had McLaurin, you know, barely in my top 30, you know, in the first like, you know, five, six weeks of the season. And now once Heineke took over, he's really been targeting him a lot. Uh, a little bit of a down game for him last week. Tough matchup this week as well. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he, he puts up a dud this week. However, with that type of target share, like I'm most likely starting him.
1: Yeah, and Taylor Heineke has been the best thing for uh, Terry McLaurin since sliced bread. I mean, Carson Wentz not getting it done. Um, I don't think we're going to see Sam Howell this year, but I don't want to know how that would go. I'd rather just ride it out with Taylor Heineke because uh, you know, historically he's, it's been the best thing for Terry, uh, Terry McLaurin.
0: Brandon Ayuk at 24. We just mentioned him against the Chargers. Uh, you can tell me if that's too high or not, but Darnell Mooney at 25 against Detroit. I like him this week in what should be a high scoring game. Like, you know, it's crazy, man. Like, uh with this with Justin Fields and this offense coming on, like, is Mooney gonna start having a serious fantasy impact, like, in this stretch run?
1: I mean, it's it's tough to say. Uh Fields did have three passing touchdowns last week, but when you look at where a majority of Fields points have come because he's been so successful lately, it's been on the ground. It's been him running the ball. So I can't really correlate the success fields has had for fantasy to beneficial for those wide receivers and tight ends. Like, yes, Cole Komet had his, uh, you know, had his game last week. Darnell Mooney has been pretty consistent over the last two weeks, but I don't think this really sends him, you know, to a high point, especially this week against the lions. I think they're going to use David Montgomery a lot more too. I don't think they're going to try to stress like fields is going to do his thing on the ground. But Monty and Khalil Herbert, even as you know, has the chance to take any uh, run for 70 yards at any point. So I think we're going to see a little more involvement from the running backs this week.
0: Yeah, no, I hear that. And, and you know, one thing that I was looking at, you know, when it comes to Justin Fields is that his dropbacks, has not, the number of dropbacks that he's had has gone up, you yeah. know, opposed to, you know, pass attempts and that sort of thing. And these guys are running more routes. So I'm looking at it right now. It's just something that I wanted to just look at, you know, while while you were just talking, uh, you know, since week six, I'm going to look at to see who had the most dropbacks in the NFL. Where are we going to week 10, right? So let's say last four weeks. Let's see, Uh, we are looking at, so Justin Fields has the 10th most dropbacks in the NFL among quarterbacks over the last four weeks, you know, which means that they have significantly increased the percentage of pass plays, right? Um, And now with Chase Claypool coming in now, you know, I can imagine that kind of staying stable, right? Uh, Where they're putting more on Justin Fields' shoulder, whether that's throwing the ball, scrambling uh whatever the case may be but he is dropping back so i think darnell mooney is going to have some more opportunities moving forward and between him and chase claypool i do like mooney better as a better wide receiver uh claypool did get targeted at a high rate on a you know on a per route basis last week we'll see what happens when he has a full-time role moving forward um but yeah like i'm i was really low on mooney you know obviously over the last several weeks you know coming in i would say last week um but now I feel like, you know, you can actually start him. And for me to have him in the top 25, I don't think I've even... I think Zach might have had to create the Darnell Mooney graphic logo here <laughs> for the first time this season. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we're like talking about him on this podcast like in, in these rankings.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting too because uh, last year, like Darnell Mooney had his best games when Allen Robinson was unofficially being used as a decoy uh, on that offense. So kind of having that other guy Opposite of him in being Chase Claypool, it looks to benefit him early on, and hopefully, we see that continue.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's see. Uh, who else do we have? We got Devonte Smith at number 26, we got Deontay Johnson at 27, Jerry Judy at 28, Gabe Davis and Rondell Moore rounding out the top 30 here. I like Devonte Smith's matchup this week, you know, but his target share has kind of been all over the place. You know, yeah. Jalen Hurts has really been favoring Dallas Goddard over the last two weeks since their bye. And you know, let me ask you a question, man. Like Devonta Smith has been underperforming a little bit. Is he a buy to you?
1: Um, I think it's very matchup dependent. I think it's very much right. when a. So Brown's it seems like the it seems
0: them. like the answer to seems like the answer is no. Then,
1: yeah, because I know the Eagles have a pretty good stretch going forward. So I, he is either a hold. Or, you know, the second he had, like, if he has a big game against Washington, I'm going to assume it's going to be off like one or two plays where it's just Hmm. like a 50, 40 yard pass. Um, If if it's that kind of game, I'm going to sell him right away.
0: Hmm. I like it. I like it. So, and Deontay Johnson, right? He has that high floor. (laughs) Well, kind of, not really, kind of a high floor. He has a floor. (laughs) Yeah, he has a floor. 27% target share this year. He's averaging nine and a half targets per game. But oh. the upside hasn't been there for him. And I and am I am I ranking him too high? Like, is this appropriate? Like, it's a good matchup against New Orleans. Like, yeah. are you playing guys like Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, Rondell Moore over Deontay Johnson? And I'll say this, because I know you want to start Rondell Moore over. Him. I have a feeling you do. But <laughs> Rondell Moore also has a tough matchup, a little bit of a tough matchup. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Please, go ahead. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> for, for Deontay... I mean, ha- has he really capped out with his targets and uh, like, in his target share? Like we know he's capable of like, okay, he can go up to like 10, 15 targets, but what does that turn into as opposed to six catches for 30 yards? Now it's eight catchers for like 40 yards. Like I'm not all that excited about Deontay Johnson. And I think, a lot of teams, what they do is after they buy, they kind of reevaluate their offense. Like Mike Tom was looking at this, and we already saw the comments he made about the running back room with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, and we're expecting more Jalen Warren going forward. But as far as his receiving room, too, you lost Chase Claypool. I think this is the perfect opportunity to kind of get George Pickens more involved into this offense. I think Deontay is going to kind of cap out to the point where he is, where he's going to get 10, 11, 12 targets each week, but George Pickens is going to see that increase. So, um, yeah, I, I do like Deontay Johnson because, again, you, you want a receiver who's getting 12 targets. If, if you told me a receiver was going to have 12 targets, it'd be hard to keep them out of my top 30 because of what they can do with that. But because of how inefficient this offense is and how inefficient he is with his touches, I think, I think that's an appropriate spot. I might even put Jerry Judy, Gabe eh, – I'd probably put Jerry Judy over him at least – me um, too, and, and I'm know. thinking
0: about it as well. I think Jerry Judy because he does have a good matchup against Tennessee's slot defense. Um, that's a pretty good matchup. So Jerry Judy probably has a higher ceiling than Deontay Johnson, right? Yeah. So I, w- I would say that. Yeah, I-, I think I might agree with you there. Let's move G- Jerry Judy up to 27. Let's move Jerry Judy right. above Devontae Smith. Well, Go ahead, Devontae... Mike. do it, Mike. <laughs> do, I don't know, Devontae Smith. <laughs> do it, yeah, just move it right now. Let's move it. Let's see it. Let's see it happen in 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 live. Live from Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're
1: moving it live. Maybe above Devontae Smith. Maybe not. Yeah, I can see, you know, because Jerry Judy, with the work that he's been getting lately and the work that Horton Sutton hasn't been getting lately, if he's truly the wide receiver, one of this offense right now, I think Jerry Judy kind of belongs more so in that like 24 right behind Terry. You know, okay. putting him, you know in front of Brandon Ayuk because again, the upside of Brandon and Ayuk is great against the Chargers, but it could very well just be Christian McCaffrey. It could be George Kittle. It could be you know. So I yeah. think there's no floor for Ayuk as opposed to Jerry Judy to being the number one. I think he belongs at twenty four. To be honest, you
0: know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Sutton makes a comeback. I really wouldn't. <laughs> That's yeah. something. But I would say I'll say too. this: it might not happen this week though, because Tennessee has been locking down number one wide receivers. Like they literally doubled team like every number one wide receiver that goes against them, once once stefan Diggs destroyed them on monday night football <laughs> that was it since then that was it. they they refuse to let any number one wide receiver on the outside do their thing and they've locked down everybody so jerry judy out of the slot you know it might be a good option this week all right gabe davis at 29 ronda at 30 you know ronda Moore. Go ahead, start him. He just has a little bit of a tough matchup. You know, hopefully he won't see too much of Jalen Ramsey all game long out of the slot, but you know, not as good of a matchup as he's seen over the last couple weeks. Yeah. But he's been getting the targets.
1: All right, let's move on
0: to tight ends. Travis Kelsey at number one, followed no by Dallas there. Goddard. Yeah, no argument there. Good. Uh, <laughs> followed by Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Uh, that, that's like tier one and tier two right there. And then TJ Hawkinson. Is he entering that tier two after he his is. first week with the Vikings? 85% rap participation, 27% target share. Caught all nine of his targets. The dude made an instant impact like four days after joining the team. Yeah. Um, they knew what was going on. Like,
1: they brought him along and, like, all right, that's it, man. You're in. Call me crazy. I'm putting TJ Hawkinson at two. I think if this is truly, and I don't want to try to overreact to that first game, but like. You're trying. You're trying. But I'm trying, uh, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> TJ but Hawkinson uh, on his debut had nine out of nine tar- uh, nine catches, on nine targets for 70 yards. It's the most targets of Viking Titan has seen since i think 2018 or 2019 with kyle rudolph um and then on top of that he played 91 on snaps the next highest game as far as a snap for a, a vikings tight end this year was johnny munt in week one at 65 like this is this is legit you mentioned the route participation rate he is the on this offense and the offense is more efficient because of it they traded for him for a reason so I'm going to put TJ Hawkins in it, too. I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense. This was only week one on a new team, and he had less than a week to prepare for this game, and he still had nine targets. So give him the next week against the Bills. I think we're definitely going to see uh, TJ Hawkinson coming in it, too.
0: The reason why I moved back to the wide receivers real quick is because we got a comment in the chat. AJ Ramos is asking, no Pittman, sad face. Teary sad face, and it's true. I'd move Michael Pittman out of this range. Yeah. But Let me ask you this question. Who are you starting, Michael Pittman or Deontay Johnson?
1: Against They're going up against the Raiders this week. That's tough. I, I honestly might lean Deontay for the guarantee because I don't know what okay. this offense is going to look like.
0: Exactly. That's kind of how I look at it, too. I'm starting Jerry, Jerry Judy over him. I'm starting Gabe Davis over him because I like his matchup like crazy. And then Ronda Moore, probably going to get the targets. Okay, man. Yeah. There you go, AJ. Okay? Uh, You were second-guessing myself. I was second-guessing myself, though. But you know what? That's one guy I was looking at when I was creating this top 30. I think Michael Pittman's probably at, like, 32 (laughs) in my rankings or something like that. So Somewhere, like, he's still, like, a low-end wide receiver three. That's kind of how I I, I have him ranked. Hopefully, moving forward... Listen, I'll I'll say this. One bright spot for for Pittman, uh, not this past week, but two weeks before, was he had a 40% target share. Okay? Like, they didn't throw... Ellinger didn't throw the ball a ton. But... When he did throw the ball, he was throwing it to Michael Pittman. Okay, last week a little bit of a tough matchup against New England. Confused the shit out of him. He, he this was not the NFL for him. It was like it was like an AP class, you know, in the NFL for him. So I, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Moving forward, let's go back to tight ends real quick. You mentioned TJ Hawkinson being your new favorite tight end. Let's move to George Kittle at number five. I'm not sure how much the 49ers are going to have to throw the ball in this game. Like I mentioned, you know, in games like this, we might see a relatively even target distribution given all the weapons, so I have him here at five. Gerald Everett at six, given the lack of weapons for Justin Herbert. Everett had a solid 18% target share in week nine. Uh, I'd expect that to continue. And Greg Dulcich against Tennessee mm-hmm. in a good matchup. I had Pitts at eight, uh, eight targets last night for Cal Pitts, <laughs> only two catches for 28 yards, only one catchable ball, and he caught two of them. Uh, over the last three weeks, Pitts has averaged eight targets per game. Unfortunately, he's only caught three catches nice. per game.
1: not great not good at all Not great oh man
0: (laughs) oh man i have Pat with a nine uh is fryer with too low um so i'll i'll I'll, I'll be straight up like i should have ranked him over coppets right uh obviously we can overlook the 2020 vision we have after copets. but are you ranking fryer with this is a tough matchup against new orleans right new orleans did limit uh our boy isaiah likely to one catch last week Um, So, you know, should we be putting Firemuth over guys like Dulcich, Everett?
1: Yeah, I think it it has to do with the target share too. And Pat Firemuth, especially with Chase Claypool out, uh, he's been getting consistent targets each and every week that he's actually been on the field. So I would arguably put Pat either – I mean, I guess eight, right? Because Greg Dolchich has been crazy consistent, um, and he's been crazy good. I'll, for I'll be, I'll
0: be straight up honest with you, uh, honest with you guys. Like, I didn't rank my tight ends until after Thursday night football. So, like, Kalpitz got locked in because because I use Fantasy mm. Pros to do my rankings, and they get sure. locked in after Thursday night game. So, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I've been ranking, you know, everyone here knows I've been ranking Kalpitz outside my top ten for every <laughs> single week. Uh, but no, I hear you. Okay, so basically, Pat Fryer, you liked him over Kalpitz?
1: Basically. I like him over Kyle arguably over Greg Dulcich, but yeah. um, I think that's seven, eight, nine. You know, seven, I, eight. I like,
0: I like I like Dulcich's matchup against yeah. Tennessee. That's one thing I did like, and I didn't expect um, Corton Sutton to come back this week, so or at least you know come back to fantasy production this week. Um, Evan Ingram, I would have had him h- higher as well. Like I would definitely play Ingram over Kyle Pitts, However, wasn't so sure about his status, right? Because he's been yeah. limited all week with a back injury. Uh, It seems like he's going to play, and I like his matchup this week. Um, Solid start against Kansas City. I would assume that he plays. Um, You know, like we mentioned the game script multiple times in this podcast, you know, he could see some legit target share this week against the Chiefs.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big matchup for them.
0: For sure. Dalton Schultz at 11. Um, I see his routes going way up after the bye. Like he's trying to get his knee right, you know, but even without the knee right, Dak has been peppering the shit out of him on a per route basis over 30 percent targets per route run over his last two games so if his target if his rap participation goes up past like 50 to 60 percent where he's been at over the last couple of games and he's still kind of producing he's gonna kind of go back to what we saw last year it's very possible
1: yeah I, I like dalton um i definitely put him top 10 i know you said you usually put pits out of there but i'd probably put him over pat and even over Dolchich, I mean, based hmm. on the usage that we've been seeing out of him recently,
0: I, I would as well. But I I have to see the rap participation go up first, right? That's that's the only thing with him. Like I want to see the rap participation go up, um, you know, past like seventy five percent or seventy percent at least. It just hasn't crossed sixty percent yet. And I'm you know I'm assuming that does go up, um, you know, because they just had the buy. Hopefully, you know, his knee is is doing all right now. Yeah. Um, I have Cole commit at, at 12 here. Uh, this is the highest I've had Cole commit, I think, outside of maybe week one, right? Week one, everyone's having Cole commit. I had him in my top 12, maybe. Uh, but in a high scoring game, you know, three touchdowns in his last two games. So I can see him potentially doing his thing this week. You know, at, at this point, you're now just shooting darts. You're shooting darts at tight ends. Who gives a shit? Just put somebody in there and just hope for points, pretty much. Tyler Higby. You know, he fell off the face of the earth, right? His route participation has plummeted over the last couple of weeks. He was a top six tight end like maybe four weeks ago. And now you can barely start him. And I wouldn't start him. This is a great matchup, but it could be a trap. It probably is a trap because unless Higby's routes go back up, I would not trust him in my lineup.
1: Yeah, and look, it's he was like a borderline top three, top five tight end that first half of the season, and just lately he's completely fallen off, as you mentioned. Uh, why? I I don't know. Like they, clearly their offense is not better because of it. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know what's I, going on.
0: I'm not dropping him just yet. Like I have him in one league. Matter of fact, I have him in the league that I'm winning with you, and I have him on my bench. I'm starting. I'm starting uh, Evan Ingram over him this week uh, if it. he plays. Um, and you know, like listen, like honestly, I'm gonna drop math for this week if I don't see that rap participation go up. It's over. With Tyler Hirby. Good to know. Drop. Good to know. Maybe I'll just trade him <laughs> to you uh for some fab. Just give me, give me, give me a couple bucks. I just need a couple bucks. Uh <laughs> I got Cameron Bray here at number 14. He's practicing in full, by yeah. the way. So if you were planning on playing Kate Dodden think again. I do have K Dodden at 16. Because I feel like this might be a 50-50 split. One of these guys getting a touchdown. Tom Brady likes his tight ends. Both these guys have gotten targets from him. Who knows? And then I have Taysom Hill like, kind of smack dab in between these guys uh, because the randomness at some upside from Taysom Hill. Who knows? Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Throwing darts, dud, th- Throwing darts, Joe.
1: And I think there's a dart you're missing uh, on this top 20 list who kind of had it? a big game last week. Juwan Johnson. Who? Oh, yeah. You know, with with the upside he has to at least get that big touchdown. Um, I think he deserves being in the top twenty again with throwing darts. Like I had to start yeah. him last week in a couple leagues, and he ended up coming through at the last second. So, well, you
0: think you think Adam Troutman's return start getting more into that rotation? You think that that affects it a little bit? That's the only reason why he's not here.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't think he, he's I, I
0: th- really come on after Trotman got hurt. And like, that's really when he started to like do his thing and become fantasy relevant. That's my only concern with him.
1: Yeah. And I think even there, you know, going into the season and like beginning of the season, the word was that Juwan Johnson was kind of edging up to be their guy, you know, outside of Taysom. Um, so I think he kind of keeps that role. Um, but Yeah, I I can see it, it,
0: especially given the fact that he's been producing with it, right? He's been a good red zone target, and Andy Dalton's been looking for him.
1: And that's what makes me think Otten as well could probably mm -hmm. move into that top 12, top 13 um, ahead of guys like Tyler Higby, only because if you gain the trust of Tom Brady, you know, that's valuable. That's valuable to that offense.
0: It's true. It's true. I, I hated Kate Auden as a prospect, uh, but I, he's, proved, he's, really, yeah, he's proved me wrong, I guess, because he's been producing as a rookie, which is like, you know, you can't that's it. It's over. Like, I'm wrong. Um, but and, and you're right. It is a good matchup too against Seattle, right? Yep. Uh, so something to keep an eye on there. No, Noah Fant, you know, even without a high route participation last week, he got it done. Um, yep. You know, and he has a good matchup against Tampa Bay. Another decent dart throw. And then Mike Kosicki, Robert Tunyon and Foster Moreau kind of rounding it out. Why Foster Moreau? By the way, Robert Tunyon, real quick, like his rap participation has plummeted as well. Like it was going yep. up, and we got some hope, and now it's coming down, unfortunately. So that stinks. And then you got Foster Moreau uh, replacing Darren Waller. I wouldn't expect much out of there. Just you kind of hoping for a touchdown, and but but you know without you know Hunter Renfro also maybe just maybe Morose, you know, gets into that conversation of the top three target in that offense, potentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. It's so hard to even look at these and just kind of like rank these guys.
0: <laughs> just roll your eyes at all these guys. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much all we got, guys. We appreciate you listening. Joe, thank you, man. Thank you for hopping on last minute. Appreciate you, man. Um, you know, this is it's just like we're picking up from uh, where we left off. Absolutely. You know? So love it. Love good. it. It's good. Let us know in the comments if you like Joe better than Zach. And uh we'll go. <laughs> Zach is gonna fucking hate me for that. I can't one. do graphics uh, like this. That's the only thing. Oh no, man, hilarious. All right. Uh well, you know, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you. If you could, you know, download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on every platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that. Again, you can find Joe at fantasy football and fantasy.football.analyst oh, over on Instagram. Don't forget the dots. And uh, see him, you know, go go there, follow him, comment on his post, DM him. Uh, he probably won't get back to you, but just follow him there. And uh, <laughs> he has great content. He has really good content. He really stepped up his game this year. So so make sure you check him out there. But anyway, I'm uh, Faraz at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. I'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs>